Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. News from the lockout. The best article that I could find that wasn't MLB propaganda was uh, MLB proposal leaves union underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. One of my issues is that <laughs> as you get closer and closer to fantasy drafting, one thing that I hate is starting a fantasy draft and having a very long time before the actual season starts because things go wrong all 2020 the time. was awful. Exactly. And anything that anything that puts me in that mindset where it's like, okay, even if we get all 162 games, say they play them in a slightly compressed schedule or they shift back by two weeks or three weeks or something, that's a lot more time for people to get injured that I didn't count on when I drafted them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and you don't you don't have like a general we don't know going into going into this right now in the middle of February like which guy is going to like just generally stay in shape yeah yeah he's not even like seeing it's just like having a microphone on different pitchers bodies just to hear like the creaks yeah as they- yeah yeah I think honestly I worry more about pitchers than hitters I mean we've talked about this before you've made very wide-ranging predictions that have largely borne out to be true that somebody in the top 10 pitchers is not going to you know, make it to the start of the season in a year where you... Oh, I mean, that was like, I said two and I almost got... I know, in and in a, in a year where you have where you have a really funky training regimen, they're supposed to be reporting today and they're not. So they're late, right? No matter what happens, they're late at this point. In a year where you've got a shortened thing like this, I'm going to be way on more on your pessimistic side about pitchers. Starting pitchers. Um, went to Fantasy Pros. February twenty, uh, February thirteenth, twentieth. Um, here's the top ten: Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Jacob Degrom, Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, <laughs> Shane Bieber, Shohei Otani, Julio Urias. I mean, if I was to make my general wow. prediction, I would say over zero point five will have a season-ending en- injury before the All Star break. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, I would say that 60% of those guys end up outside of the top 10 at the end of the, at the, end of the season. Mm, 60% is aggressive. I think, I think 50%. I mean, I think I, you know, half those guys are top 10. If you think about just churn in a, in a given year, you think about the guys that are lurking at 11 through 15 or 11. Lucas Giolito, Aaron Nola, Robbie Ray. Sandy Alcantara, wow. Lance Lynn, Freddie Peralta, Chris Sale, Kevin Gosman, Jack Flaherty, Max Free. There's, I, yeah, fantasy. The cadence is increasing. We had this, we had this exchange. Uh, it, the backlog of fantasy things that were not worked on over the pandemic is finally getting worked. I actually have a question: Is is this backlog or is this normal rate? And we are just out of it at this point. 
there's more stuff than when we were in high school. Yes. There's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more and more interesting stuff. Because the cadence of things coming out. It it took three years between prequel movies. I know. It took three years between the original Star Wars movies. Yeah. And then the like the last crappy trilogy, it was like eighteen months between each mm-hmm. movie, right? And they shoved in a you know, Rogue Squadron. Well, they were a, doing a movie a year was movie. the plan, right? And that yeah, yeah, and yeah. obviously that But Star Wars can support a movie every few years and apparently a bunch of T V shows. I, I don't I actually don't want to talk about Boba Fett. I would rather mention that this this sets me up for being nervous about the Obi Wan series, which is their next thing that's gonna come out in May twenty fifth, yeah. not May fourth. Yeah. They missed it. May twenty fifth, Obi Wan Obi Wan show. I'm nervous. I mean this this on paper, that should be oh, yeah. the show for us, right? Like we were the ideal age for the prequels slightly young we were the ideal age for the prequels these are the prequel obi-wan and anakin's right so if this isn't a straight-up continuation of that that caters directly to us and it caters to the clone wars group i don't know what to i don't know what that does to us i don't know where that leaves Uh, us i don't know where that leaves leaves us in our relationship with star wars (laughs) yeah 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 um Yes, this should be, but a whole lot of Tatooine. How much Tatooine can a man's like stomach? Well, Tatooine's are. I mean, in terms of the Skywalker trilogies, right? The Skywalker trilogies, I guess, or Stor- saga. Tatooine is the most important planet. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about trope? Trop. I do. I do. Are we gonna? Are we going trope? We going trop? Let's pick trope. Trope. Let's trope. Uh, trope the rings of power uh super bowl was yesterday which we're not going to mention amazingly and except for to point out that a teaser trailer for the rings of power has dropped and my question to you is in this rollout are we going to be getting little drips for the next literally six months or is it going to be information dump silence information dump silence oh i think that it's from everything that that you and I have read, it seems like that's what they want to be is like silence and then release a little bit. Yeah. And then silence. But that said, they've already let people watch, as you reminded me, three episodes. They have, yeah, they have let some people watch. That's crazy. So it's done. I was wondering about this. How done is it? I think it's, but it makes sense because it's done enough because they want to have it. They're going to do it next year too so they they want it to be like this is prestige tv at the max yeah five and five seasons maximum prestige and they don't want to they're not going to pull a, a season seven of game of thrones or season whatever the heck and just like have a year off right they, they really don't want to do that so i would say they are probably just they're they're they have enough of this in hand so that they can get the next season going Start the machine. Whew. Little hobbity, the Hobbit e was my one <laughs> my concern on the trailer. It, just a little bit of it felt like the had Hobbit. the exact exact same thought. Whoever, yeah, whoever is running this liked the Hobbit movies. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I mean, the big thing about why Peter Jackson's was so successful was that it looked different. It looked different from the um, 
from the comic book movies. It looked different from Star Wars. It looked different from The Matrix. It had a different but very specific look. Yes. In this post-Hobbit world in Tolkien, it is, let's throw that over the computer animators. We're not going to yes. figure out the hard, like, visual trickery that even the Peter Jackson did. He clearly did a lot of that. To just get the, you know, all that perspective stuff that they, they did. Where you, I mean, like, when you're watching some of that, you see, like, this, you just, like, three feet to the left, and it's completely different. Yeah, because they they were so they were so good doing that perspective, and I'm I'm concerned. The, but this is this is why also that exact point is why Game of Thrones hit us so well. I think because it was back it was back to base. Yes, until yes. like the last two seasons, and they should be doing that. They should be capturing exactly that Game of Thrones seasons one through five, that Lord of the Rings trilogy, that energy. They should not be producing The Hobbit for TV for five seasons. Yeah. Let's talk football, not Super Bowl. Let's come back to EPL. Uh, I think we're still, I think we're still, you know, brushing the cobwebs off. So let's uh, let's just three. Yeah. let's just look ahead here. You you didn't put in any preferences here, so I don't I don't know what you're thinking. Nope, I don't know what you're thinking. No, nope, I did not. Um, you gave us the you gave us our our literal options. I think yep. that if we want to play it, okay, safest options, right? We want to play it safe. It's Chelsea, it's Man City, and that's it. I don't even know what a third safe option is here. You know, I, I think it's South. I think Southampton can beat Everton. I think Southampton over Everton, Chelsea over Crystal Palace, and Tottenham over Man City. You mean Man City over Tottenham? Yes, that's yes. Sorry, that was horrifying for a moment. Yeah, let's do that. All right, this week I would like you to tell me why the agents hate drafting pitchers. Well, unfortunately, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have a definitive answer, but such is life. I think this is this is a good place to jump in. Um, last week we took a little divergence on the um, talking plate appearances model, which is great. We want to be able to forecast our own forecast our own stuff, which is awesome. Mike is. I think we're gonna do a little batting around you, you than me than me than you on these two different topics, which is cool. So back to agent based model for drafting, um, for picking players, I should say. And we, the last time that we talked, I had noted we can pick both types of players. We can pick both batters and pitchers. And the first observation was that the agents didn't like <laughs> picking pitchers. Yep. They're regularly drafted very late, um, if at all. <laughs> yeah. So I put down a couple of re I started to explore in here and um, I started to explore and I, and I found a couple of inalienable truths <laughs> that we need to discuss. And then also one thing that I think we can have a, a clear impact on. Okay. Okay. So I've split this up into three different things that, that we need to talk about. Number one is volatility. Hmm. The volatility of pitchers and the pitching, the the population of pitchers is immense. Well, we, we've week to week. we've talked about this, and this is going to hinge on getting accurate week by week predictions in here. Yeah, because the main thing about volatility is just freaking when they're starting and who they're yeah. starting against. Well, and it's not so that's that's for forecasting it out, yeah. but also 
what they just did. Yeah. So, you know, you're the best pitcher in the game has yeah, some exactly. bad weeks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> has some bad weeks. And that, in this paradigm, yeah. it really hurts that those yeah. those pitchers. Because when you're thinking about batters, it's a little bit more, and not static, but the stats are much bigger so that, like, you know, a bad week for for Bryce Harper is is going to change you know when you're when you have the different weightings it's going to change things a little bit but a bad week for a pitcher well that 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 hits your full season numbers so much more a 30th of your fir- yeah. full season numbers and then also in that specific weighting can really hurt you whereas a good week might not even be better than an average player having a good yep. week a random good week so that volatility as i was looking at it it's like well, we're never going to be able to get this, get through this volatility when we're pitched when we're picking these players week to week. And I need to do a full season draft to really see um, if we can kind of fix fix that with a lump, the lump. Yeah, sum that's an interesting one, for sure. So we'll we'll get into the volatility. It's something that we can't. I, I think that when we're when we're picking this week by week, we're going to have to deal with that and and how much that's affecting. I don't know. But once we have a full season draft, we might be able to see a little bit of that variation. Yeah. So is that the most is volatility the most important thing, do you think? I don't um, know. The uh, these other two that I'm going to mention are also impactful. <laughs> 5 categories versus 4 categories for a starting mm-hmm. pitcher. Let's just be clear. A uh Fernando Tatis can positively affect yeah. 5 categories. Batting average, runs, home runs, stolen bases, and RBIs. Clayton Kershaw is only at best going to be able to get you one win. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. two wins, but wins positively affect DRA, positively affect WHIP, and affect you on case. Right. And even then, when you think about it, when you might have a great week and wins are such a crapshoot that you might have fewer wins than a reliever who somehow yeah. is out there three games. Right. Terrible three wins. That's the crazy part. Because that, that, I mean, maybe we have to be careful because that reliever wouldn't even be rostered in most fantasy leagues. Like, yeah, they got three wins, but no one's going to pick them up because they got three wins. Because, well, okay. I mean, maybe. This is why we're doing this. Maybe. This is why we're running a thousand drafts. But one of your 15 agents should do that, right? It's yeah. one or two of your 15 agents at maximum should be picking those relievers. And I bet right now if you dug no, but, in but, but, and yes, you found a reliever yes, but with... We, yeah. We're not concerned about that player player being picked, but we're adjusting weights based on the, the, the category. So that player sure. probably isn't going to get picked because he, he had three wins and a 9 ERA <laughs> and a 2.5 whip and um, sure. and, and, five, and five Ks maybe. Sure. You know, that player ends up, the weight that he has for the wins, incredible. But the other ones affect him so much. But that's the problem. There again, there's that volatility, that yeah. mass, yep. is then depressing some of the players who are who would do want to draft while um, in that one category. Because you, it's very unlikely that you're going to be the best in every single thing. Whereas in, in the... Because it, the Wins are so disconnected. Wins and saves are so disconnected from yes. the other the other stats. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue it's almost a three cat. It's almost a five categories versus three categories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really and it, it, there's only one category that is like really specifically 
the pitcher controls and that's things. <laughs> yeah yeah right i mean that that is the the whole three true outcomes idea right yeah and three so, true outcomes works for batters works more for batters because they have literally the three true outcomes <laughs> right and and the pitchers have only access to one of those yeah realistically but this piece of it, Mike, this is this is getting mm. back to why there's the Labadini strategy where it's don't mm. p- don't pick any pitchers because who yep. cares, or the modified Labadini, whatever. And I mean, I'm probably saying that wrong. I really hope that someone out there from TGFBI is listening to this and yelling into their podcasting um, app. <laughs> but it, it makes sense, right? It's like it's sort of like the three pointer in NBA. Oh, three points is worth more than two points. <laughs> yeah 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 oh wow i should draft a hitter because a pitcher can only help me in four categories and even then a starting pitcher can only help me in four categories and even then it's really just one category and then i kind of have to roll the dice over the course of the year yeah so to to address that piece of it we might have have to we could make some functional changes to try to remove more of the to try to remove some players that we don't think are going to be um, drafted. Yeah, I mean, can, can we take a one big picture thing is that eventually we want to draft against this, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. So we need the agents to be doing... We, we want to see the emergent behavior, but we need the agents to be smart enough that we can actually draft against them and not just kick their asses every single week, right? But, you, but are we going to? I don't know. I mean, that's the I, thing. Sure, sure. Okay, valid. But I think, but we could actually test that right now, right? I mean, we, we could, yeah. We oh, could geez. run against these and be like, here's who's available. I'm taking this guy. Yeah. I mean, we could do that against stats that have already been out there. That's what I think is really cool. So we could do that against... Yeah. We could just say, like, week six of the last season. Go ahead. Yeah. I think right now we would just stomp all over the agents. Well, maybe that's what I need to set up for, for the week after next. I think that might be, I think that might be okay. um, illuminating. Because, yeah, I mean, to some extent, who cares? If, if all the agents are like, well, we'll just sit back and wait on pitchers and, and it works. That's fine. But then all we have to do as, as people coming in is be like, and pitcher, 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 pitcher. And then you'll just crush everybody. <laughs> Maybe. I, I do think that we're here again, like no you're you're right. Um here again, knowing the outcome for a week, knowing the forecast outcome for a week is gonna help. Yeah. In yeah. this a little yep. bit to to help to work through some of that volatility and then also to kind of wait to then give you real weight of of what could happen because because maybe, maybe some of the previous performance like past week performance needs to be weighted against expectations like maybe like a fancy version of this model oh. in the future is like how did this person perform relative to what we expected them to do not right. just in a vacuum like because you already have the preseason rankings that are telling us something about like we think this person's good <laughs> um and what you want to know is you want to gain information over the course of the season against how well overachieving factor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We may have to think about something like that. It just hit me right now. Okay. <laughs> As we're talking. So this is not a fully formed thought. All right. So then this gets me. So I've, I've said volatility is one thing. There's really not that much that we can do other than add, as you said, add, add into forecasting to try to smooth out some of that volatility. 
Number two is five categories versus four categories. Again, not much that we can do other than sort of trying to change the weighting system, potentially, um, you know, rank and weight people against their expected versus um, actualized stats. And then also add more forecasting so we can kind of, uh, again, weight against that fault, that um, the randomness in the, in the yeah. you know, in those four categories. The last one, I do think that there was a there's a mechanical error that I had um, underestimated. Whip and ERA have to be noted within the system that they are ranked ascending versus yeah. descending. Yeah, and that has Oof. to anybody out there that means that there is a data peculiarity where if a pitcher has a zero, we want to say that he has a zero batting average he's we could even go further Fine. than that if we really want to wait against that defaults to zero great perfect that's that's what we want it to be well if a whip and an era default to zero that means that they're the best in that category that they could possibly be now i'm pretty sure as i went through this um and i can i, I could probably pull this up i, I didn't but one of whip and ERA was infinite and the other one was null. And Ooh. I believe that those were screwing up the weighting on those categories. What we really want to do is say a batter's whip and ERA in those categories as we are ranking them, weighting them is really, really high. <laughs> it's yeah. so high that we would not want to pick them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have gone in and changed it from being infinite, null, whatever data piece of it, to fixing it to their whips and ERAs are 9999.9. That's very Love high. It. Yeah. Anybody who's listening is just for the data science, it's a very high whip and ERA. So, and I think, and I've, I've started a test run of this mm-hmm. and just taken a quick look at, um, Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom. And I think that it's having some of the positive effect that we want. There are, cool. there are pitchers getting, though they are being picked at times in the teens. Cool. I like that. Not consistently. One standard deviation off of, off of their median. It, it helps to show that there is such a wide game theory perspective on pitchers within our agents. I agree. I agree with that. And I, I think that if I was let loose in here, I would make an even wider game theory perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that, like, I'm going to pick Garrett Cole, you know, 40 if he's still sitting there. And, <laughs> like, well, screw you guys. I'll make this a 60 standard deviation, 60 pick standard deviation. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jacob deGrom is, is no different. He's a little bit more static. It's interesting. At least Jacob deGrom gets down to median pick of 40. In week 12, it tells you just how positive that was. Mm-hmm. And then bumps back up. Yeah. Here's the, but there's that volatility, right? You have a bad week. You're doing really well. And then you have a bad weekend. Wow. Yep. Yep. Knock you right back. I mean, he switched. He goes, drops 40 picks in a week. <laughs> I think that brings us to the review session. Nolve Marte. Is that how we're supposed to pronounce it? I think that's what we're going to go with if we're happy to be corrected. But Nove Marte, I 
spent last year on mostly most of last year on the low A Modesto roster. He's in the he's in the Seattle farm system. Uh, you are you are an owner here. Is that good or bad? Uh-huh. What was that? Is that good or bad that he's in the Seattle farm system? Oh, I, he needs some seasoning. He needs like like an aged wine. He needs to he needs to season down there a teeny bit. But I think if he can get some at bats in the majors this year, late season, I think that'd be awesome. Well, he's twenty. His expect <laughs> yeah. his expect his expected arrival in the MLB is is. 2023 which yeah which kind of makes year. sense um it's I, I don't think that seattle has a lot um standing in the way of him coming up and he screens as more of a typical shortstop in this an actual shortstop an actual yeah. shortstop. we've talked about a lot of these guys where it's like they're probably not going to be a shortstop but he looks like he could be a good shortstop or moved over to either second or third he so he's going to yeah agreed so mlb's uh comp that they offer if you read the prospect page is hanley ramirez Ooh, okay uh, not, you know it's actually it's not not a bad comp in, in terms marlins of, hanley hopefully I, well i mean i think right you got you have to compare early career hanley to early career Nolan yeah it's Martin. not red sox hanley. It, no, late red no. sox hanley i hope yeah i mean maybe that's his future i don't i don't know but i would say yeah marlins hanley ramirez is probably a probably an interesting one yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, again, huge. The biggest challenge here is that all these guys missed 2020 <laughs> effectively. Yep. Right. So, so we still, so we still don't fully know what that means. I think I agree with you that that could mean that you see him in the majors at the end of this year. Yeah. Depending on what the Mariners are doing, which who knows I, what the Mariners are going to d- be doing. Depending upon what the Mariners are doing. Yeah. You could, you could tell me anything conceivably for outcomes uh-huh. for the Mariners this year. I mean, trading away all their players and then still making a run at the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I like you could actually tell me anything. I would guess that they'll underperform relative to last year, which would mean that we're more likely to see Nolby Marte. <laughs> oh, you think that more likely? No, I think if in the situation of last year would be like the kind that would they want to have like a little bit of a boost somehow. I don't. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't. His he's supposed to have power, but it's not fully there yet. But presume. But he's. He's got speed. I mean, he's speaking the language of prospects. He's graded at a sixty speed, right? You don't. And he, uh, he doesn't look like it until you see him moving. Yeah, I I agree with that. With six one one eighty, he's gonna. I uh, hopefully he's gonna put on ten pounds of muscle and actually thin out a teeny bit. He's the kind. He's the kind of guy you like. He's on. You know, he does. He's yeah, exactly in that height weight range. He's bats right side of the plate, consistent, knows what he's doing. Little bit of a pull hitter. It's kind of he's kind of your guy here. I see why he's on he your looks team. At, he looks at at the at the plate. He looks like he knows what he's doing. It's yeah. I, I, nervous I see, poking at balls. I see why him. he's see why he's on your team. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for him. Yeah, I don't think we were going to see him this year, but I don't think that we're going to see much of him. I do. I I would say over under zero point five at bats in the majors. Over. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I I think so too. Just the combination of Mariners and him being, I think, I think their their hottest prospect. Yeah, he's number one, right in their system. I think he's, yeah, I think he's number one in their system. Came as came in as an as an international um, yep. signing, which is which is always always interesting, always hard to um, evaluate how that's going to shake out in the farm mm-hmm. system. <laughs> I think, but yeah, lot a lot to like here. Um, 
we'll see. I mean, he would have really benefited from a spring training, right? Because he yeah. would because yeah. he would have been with the club at yeah, spring training exactly. this year. So we would oh, have had man, we would have guess... had a, a lot more yeah. insight. So that's that actually, you know, that's actually something that I'm just realizing now is really going to hurt. Is that we're not going to see a bunch of these prospects in spring? There's training. not. There's not going to be. You're right. I I didn't really appreciate that either. Yeah. All you're thinking about is the major league players who are taking off more time, and really that will impact some of those up and coming guys who are getting that chance. Man, they have been really screwed. What's well, going to affect the end? Of, yeah, I know pandemic, and it'll affect. Actually, there's something interesting. I mean, it could affect the end of the season this year because if the managers aren't seeing them in person at spring training, they might be less excited to give them a call later in the season. Like they're just yeah, they're, they're not building, they're not building of, that. Yeah, they're yeah. not building that relationship with the the higher ups. They're not building any rapport on the team. Yeah, and it's not just the manager; it's the hitting coach. It's yeah, a, it's yep. a, yeah, it's everybody. Yep. Wow. Minor leaguers. Man. That's too bad. Uh I'm actually I'm gonna take your under on plate appearances this year now that I'm realizing that the the top brass is not gonna see him in spring training. Okay. Under zero point five. Nice. Yeah. Not gonna see him. It's very straightforward. <laughs> yeah, you wanna make that under any lower? Uh zero sure. point five. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Who are we doing next week? Last one of the short spe- shortstop prospects. We decided that we're going to start over season six in two weeks. So we're going to talk about Marcelo Mayer. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is we're select to you, buddy. We're still up to you too. Yeah.